Howdy, hey, people. We are back with another week, and unfortunately, I'm joined by Sober Dan. What's up? Oh, my God, dude. I So I'll start by saying this. I You're you're an amazing human being. You tolerate my ass. The, the comments I got last week, I'm, I'm going to be 100% completely transparent. Yeah. I got home last week after work. I don't work on Thursday, so Wednesday nights typically are more of my fun night. I completely forgot we we're going to do a podcast completely fucking spaced out it i t- i sat down turned on survivor and at 906 you texted me and like hey man i'm gonna be about 9 30 and i'm two and a half hours or two hours into drinking now and i'm just like oh shit all right fuck yeah. it let's go with it and then i proceeded to drink during the podcast and and i love you all for listening the 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 comments were fantastic i'm significantly more sober than i was last time but there might be a day where I might grant everybody's thing and see if I can day drink and then do a podcast and we'll see what happens. But God bless you for dealing with me. You made everyone's week, I think. So, <laughs> of course, it was it was a pleasure and it was fun as always. And, you know, Dan, how are you doing now? I am I, an, I'm an all star. I'm yeah, an, an all star. I got my game on and I'm going to play. OK, I like it. With, I, but no, it's, I love it's, the a, it's a good week, jam. man. I got I got. I'm working over the next four weeks, a total of five, 11, 14 days. That's a win. That it's massive pieces to it. So I'm in good shape. I got Friendsgiving coming up on Sunday Ooh. with it. I'm, I'm making stuffing waffles. This is the fun time of the year. It is. It is. It's all food coming on. You got food, you got family, you got friends, There's you got all that good no stuff. No one that loves Christmas more than I do. This is true. Your room is a Christmas one or your house is a Christmas wonderland. 24 7 365 days a week i also bought a santa suit <laughs> i bought a santa suit so i can do pictures for you and you you and family and your little isaac and then for nick ruth and and robin and for kevy if he wants to in on that and anybody that's local that needs to have pictures with santa sign me up maybe the league champion will need it you'll have to like take a trip to whoever <laughs> wins sit and... on santa's lap <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah oh, what a... armand i think got the easier punishment there <laughs> all right man yeah. Let, let's i'm ready to pod How, yeah. are you ready i'm i am ready let's do it you know this week it will i say this now but it looks like it might be a shorter pod we are just gonna right now go through we have four trades and then we're gonna jump into matchups so dan if you're ready how about we talk about some trades i like trades all I right let's trades. these these we didn't see any blockbusters but we saw a lot of like kind of necessary trades the first one actually involves me and this one dealt with myself and Armand. Um, I sent Mar- Marquez Callaway a 2022 fourth round draft pick that is mine, and then another 2022 fourth round draft pick that is Adams. And in return, Armand sent Mr. Turad Taylor. Dan, uh, what are I your love, thoughts? I love Turad. I mean, mm-hmm. What a guy that's had an unfortunate career. He gets stabbed in the heart by a by a doctor getting a shot. And yep. Justin Herbert takes over. He's got issues this this one. I mean, this was a necessary play for you to get through the Russell Wilson era. With yeah. It. yeah, you had Geno and everything like that. Deshaun Watson is I I don't know if he's ever gonna play football again with this. Um, and then you had Kyler Murray, which was which had a questionable tag and everything like that. Uh, you know, didn't play against mm-hmm. San Francisco, this yep. was a necessary trade. And when you think about you give away Marquez Callaway, who's had a relatively low-key, decent year, yeah. and two-fourths. I, I mean, there's no way you can say Callaway hasn't had a decent year. I got with. I don't understand why my, my view is stupid, and I can't spell Callaway, so we're just going to ignore that because I can't pull stats. I mean, two-fourths and everything like that for a guy that – I don't anticipate it's going to be more than this year for a low end WR four with it. I I think that's a bad return. I think you think think four is being generous for Callaway. I mean, he's right now, theoretically, I don't even know. I I actually figured out how to spell his spell his name now. It's not an, it's with a, it's not Callaway. It's Callaway with it. Uh, Wide receiver 48 in PPR leagues. So he's top 50 right now. And this, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm really, you're going to go top 50, 11 points last week with Trevor Simeon. I mean, okay. I guess if you want to say low end, but I think fine. Well, we can go there. Thir- 32, um, 32 teams. If you space them all out, he's, he's in the top 64, which puts him as a wide receiver two in some of those pieces. Like I low end wide receiver four and 
we're talking about a guy that's 48 in PPR. It's not a bad return. Do I yeah. think he's fantasy relevant on a bad team? Yes. On a contending team? No, but it's a, it's a piece that could have relevancy. Yeah, no, I'll definitely give you that. He's a young piece that could definitely have rele- relevancy for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, the two road piece, I think he's, like you said, he's kind of had a unfortunate role or luck the last few years. Um, he's kind of penciled into that, I don't know, bridge or like that gatekeeper between a young quarterback yeah. and the future. Um, but, you know, when he does play, he has upside because he's got like that rushing ability and he's a solid passer. Um, you know, he's probably not someone you're going to be able to count on for an entire season, but for a few games should be a solid option. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with a lot of my motivation, you know, for this trade, you know, getting through having, you know, Russell Wilson out for a few weeks, Kyler Murray being banged up. Um, you know, it's not fun. Yeah, so, he, Terod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, Geno Smith, a couple of these other like perennial backups and everything like that. Yeah, it's it's a guy that bridges you through it. These are guys that we should see moved to teams that need these pieces to contend. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't really serve a team that maybe isn't trying to contend or even if they are trying to kind of contend if they're not going to start him you may as yep. well capitalize and get some sort of valuable piece for it so yeah for Armand I think it makes complete sense I mean it is interesting do you think you know Armand himself kind of has quarterback issues you know he right now if the season ends today would be in the playoffs do you think this is him you know throwing in the towel i mean i know it's a small deal do you think he doesn't see himself as a contender do you think he doesn't see you know taylor as a person that's going to help him i mean how would you kind of look at that as an outsider i think this is a depth piece and obviously we don't have any of those pieces but Corey davis you know when we look at mclaurin and godwin are top tier you've got sutton yep Corey davis Corey davis people's jones is arguably like one of the better surprises this season Sammy Watkins, Tajay Sharp, Calvin Ridley. Oh, just a just a, a rough piece with Calvin Ridley. Sending all the positive right. vibes there with it. Um, Traquan Smith, Nikhil Harry. I can go die in a fucking fire. What a bust that guy's been. Yeah. Preston Williams, non-existent. Jalen Rieger, up and down. I love Devin Duvernay with it, but this is this is. <laughs> and he's got Gabriel. I, like I, I get it. He's got Gabriel Davis too because I'm gonna thump the Bills train with God. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Josh Allen. God damn. Um. But it's depth. It's yeah. it's it's not great depth, but it's still depth. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, I think at this point, Armand probably, you know, isn't going to make Might playoffs. Might be shifting it, yep. Yep, I think it's definitely more so for the future. And I think that kind of started with the Ridley trade, um, which I think, you know, I still like for him. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think, and it'll be interesting to see maybe if there's more moves to potentially come out of Armand, you know, as he maybe concedes this year and looks for the future. And I, and I don't think it's going to be a lot of pieces that we're going to see no. come out of Armand, but no, it's going to be pieces no. that are depth for some of the contenders. I would agree with that, but I, yeah, I, yes. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I agree with that. Cool. All right. All right. Let's move on. Got another quarterback trade. Um, and this one involves Zane and Jer. Uh, Zane sent Taysom Hill and Jer sent Tony Pollard and a 2022 third-round draft pick that is Steve's, which more or less is going to be locked in as a top-two pick. Dan, yep. what are your thoughts? I hate Taysom Hill. He's a, the guy's a fucking gimmick with that. And, and this this completely backfired on Jerry with yep. it. The, 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 it. You know, hey, Taysom Hill's the guy. He lost a job to, to Jameis Winston, but he's mm-hmm. going to be there. Like, we're going to factor him in just a little bit. Jameis is our new Drew Brees. Um, Taysom's going to continue to maintain his role, and I fucking hate the existence that is Taysom Hill. I I love Tony Pollard. Yeah, with this, I'm a huge Tony Pollard fan. I I would have loved to have had him on my team. I think he's he's one. He's a very young kid. He's shown when he gets the opportunity. Week two, he dropped 23 points against the Chargers, who have a good good running defense. With it, and the existence of Zeke obviously hurts Tony Pollard's stock. And as long as Zeke's there and Pollard's on the same team, if Zeke's healthy, Zeke's the guy. Zeke's healthy, Zeke's the guy. Tony Pollard needs to find either A, a new landing spot, or B, find, and again, we never wish this upon anybody, injury time with it to be relevant. This is a huge future play for Zane. 
Yeah. And this is Jerry's. I, I, this is the guy I thought was going to get the job and it didn't fucking work. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I think, I mean, Taysom Hill, look, let's obviously, you know, mention he was coming off injury. Um, you know, Trevor Simeon came in and filled in for Jameis Winston and looked okay. Um, and even this, you know, past week when he started, he looked okay. But I mean, is Taysom Hill like 100% not going to be the guy? I mean, is he, was he still dealing with an injury? I don't know. Um, but even with that said, I mean, this felt like a little steep of a price to pay, even if you assume that Taysom Hill was going to be the the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Steve's pick, that's going to be a top two pick um, in the third round. And just with how our drafts configured um, with the second half, you know, in August, after you see training camp, preseason games, um, that's, you know, there's some incentive there. And like you said with Tony Pollard, I mean, however you want to slice it, he's worth either an early third or a late second in my mind. So, I mean, paying all that for Taysom Hill, who best case, he's going to give you what? I mean, at this point or last week, it would have been six regular season games, potentially the playoffs. I mean, he's not the long-term answer. Um, I, I, you know, I thought he would be the guy and get that, you know, opportunity to start and get points. And, you know, that's obviously just the, cherry on the top of the shitty Sunday for Jer that didn't work out in that aspect. So hopefully he can maybe find some opportunities to salvage what we thought would be a good, you know, spot starts for Jerry because his quarterback too has been a weakness all season. So the logic I got, I thought it was an overpay and unfortunately it's just backfired for Zane. I mean, this is a no brainer, like an absolute amazing deal. He gets a high end handcuff running back with potential upside regardless of, you know, if Zeke's still in the lineup or not. And the third is, if nothing else, good draft capital that he can use for a player, you know, down the line. Um, so I lo- love it for Zane. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. I think Zane, Zane wins this one just purely on that fact. All right. Let's move on to the next one. And Jer just kept him coming this week. This one involved him and Kevin. Uh, Kevin sent David Johnson, Mike Davis, Pat Freermuth and a 2024 fourth round draft pick. And Jer sent Melvin Gordon, Kellen Mond, and Cole Komet. Dan, how are you feeling about this one? This the highlight of this entire trade for me is the tight end swap. I I fucking man. Komet is becoming a huge part of this offense. And and it's not just because of how good he is at blocking, but the kid's huge. I, I'm a Notre Dame homer and everything like this. I love Cole Komet. I think he's going to be an absolute stud. But Pat Fryermuth has had some banger games here with Big Ben. And, I mean, these are these are two young stud tight ends that are now flipping teams. I mean, I'll, I'll ask you this. Who has the better overall total career, Fryermuth or Komet? Fryermuth, not close. Yeah, okay. So, do you think it's because of talent? Or do you think this is because of the the landing spot and what's there right now? Uh, talent. I mean, this is dynasty. I mean, I know you know Big Ben. He might not be here next year, but you got to bet on the talent and what you know. Like, let's we talk about like Denver. We talk about like these situations for a quarterback. You know, Carolina to like come and like step in like as a bad option. But this Pittsburgh Steelers team. I mean, you obviously have Deontay Johnson. You have Chase Claypool. Maybe you have Juju Smith-Schuster come back. You have Pat Freermuth emerging. You have Najee Harris. Like, this is a stacked offensive talent team. And really it is an absolute crime that Big Ben is, like, shitting the bed and, like, this offense is struggling. It is a sin against humanity. So, like, whatever vet quarterback or rookie they get, like, they're going to be coming into a very awesome landing spot. So, there is unknown, obviously. Who knows what that quarterback will be. But in this case, I will bet on the talent in Pat Freermuth for sure. I agree. I agree. I think, I think though I, you've talked about it. We look at, you know, what is the Aaron Rodgers saga? And I talk with guys about at work with this all the time. Yeah. Could you imagine Rodgers with all these decent weapons on Pittsburgh? Like, it would be absurd. Shit. Like the same yes. thing with Denver. Like for sure. Holy fuck. This is insane. Which moves me into Melvin Gordon here, which we, I think a lot of the talk was Javante Williams was going to come through and really take over and be the guy. Yeah. The last four weeks, he's been over 10 points. He hasn't broken 20, came close in week eight, missing by by 0.8 points. But he's been relatively consistent, I guess, mm-hmm. is the is the word to use there. Now, with that being said, Mike Davis, 
not consistent. Nope. David Johnson, hope and a prayer. With that, he got an uptick once Melvin or Melvin Ingram left. Mark Ingram, shit. Mark I Ingram, it out. Yep. yep. Half credit. Not drunk. I swear to God, I'm not drunk. With it. Yeah. Um, the Kellen Munn piece to me is the wild card. Mm-hmm. I think is the best way to use this. Um, has he been active for a game as the backup, or has this just been Sean Mannion? I believe it's just been Sean Mannion, except for maybe one game due to COVID-related reasons. Where do you stand on Kellen Mund and his potential future in the Kirk Cousins saga that is in Minnesota? Which, by the um, way, I got to go, skull! Okay, I feel better. <laughs> I mean, like, so I, you know, I'm a if I'm a betting man, um, and I'm trying to be like realistic with these things. He's probably non-existent. Like he's a nothing. He'll never really do anything because he was drafted in what, like the late third round or early fourth round, something like that. Yeah. Um. You know, and like, let's be honest, Kirk Cousins is still performing very well, and he's still young by QB standards. So Mond, I think he was an intriguing option. You know, in the third or fourth round for maybe something to happen, but I just, I don't think it's gonna break his way. Um, and I think if you look at it, like with the swap of the fourth round pick, I think it's, I know Mond went in the mid third round of our draft. Um, so if you want to say you rather have Mond, that's fine. But I think, you know, both pieces between Mond and the pick are like worthless and chances are they won't amount to anything. I would rather just re-roll with the fourth and go that route. But if you tell me I love Mond and I want to have him and I believe in him, more power to you. I'm not going to argue over a fourth round pick with that. So as I sit now, I'll be the first guy to say this. I like this trade strictly, just strictly. Like you've said on the, on the fact that you get Pat. I, I, I I think that totally wins this trade by, I mean, just on that piece for Jerry and Mike Davis is irrelevant. David Johnson. Okay. Whatever. Comets just on the slightly lower tier. Melvin Gordon helps you a little bit this year, but nobody knows what Melvin Gordon's future holds. With this, I still think Javante Williams takes over. Melvin Gordon dealing with some injury pieces. Um, no, what do, we, do you know what his contract looks like? Just, He's a free I, agent after this year. So, I mean, who knows what his landing spot's going to be with this? Yeah. I think purely the fact that Fairmouth got moved mm-hmm. is a massive win for Jerry. Yeah. So, I mean, I think. You know, I think you're underselling the Melvin Gordon to Mike Davis slash David oh, Johnson. I, I am. And I'm looking like, at it just Mike because Davis, Kevin's going to compete or compete this year. Yes. Right. But I mean, even with that said, I, I like David Johnson and Mike Davis could very well be out of the league next year. And I don't think anyone would bat an eye with that. Melvin Gordon, I think, is a clear step above that. Um, if he's not in Denver next year, I think he could find a job somewhere else and be a viable option. And As um, a starter or a backup? I mean, I don't think a team's going to sign him just to be their full-fledged starter, but, like, you know, I'm pulling this out of my ass, but, like, Tampa Bay next year, no one besides Keyshawn Vaughn is under contract, and maybe Leonard Fournette wants to get paid, maybe Ronald Jones is sick of Bruce Arian shit. Like, Melvin Gordon could find his way down in Tampa, or, you know, there's scenarios like that where Melvin Gordon could be, like, the Leonard Fournette of, like, two years ago and go to a team— and just step in and produce. So I don't think anyone's going to sign him with the intention of, oh, this is the guy. But I think because of his talent and what we've seen from him, he could go into a team that maybe looks like a crowded backfield. And I think he could just pull ahead and win the job and be a, you know, a top 20 running back, top 15, potentially, if things break right. So with all that said, I mean, I think I agree with you. I like it more for Jerry because of the Pat Freermuth piece. I think when you look at like these tight ends, I don't think Cole Komet is a slouch, but I don't think he is going to be, I don't think he has that chance of being an elite difference maker at tight end. When I look at Cole Komet, I think I see like a ceiling of like a Hunter Henry guy, just an all around like good tight end option, probably a better real life player than a fantasy player, but could still, you know, be a top 12 tight end. Pat Freermuth, I think he has that potential to be like a, you know, a Mark Andrews, like an elite top five guy, depending on how the offense is structured. You know, for tight ends, like rookie performance is like rare. Just scoring over or just getting over like 500 yards is like a massive accomplishment. And Freermuth, like not over like a 17 game pace, but like a 16 game pace, like what we're used to is on pace to hit that number of 500 yards. So I'm very excited about Freer Muth and just the potential that he has. And 
you know, like you said, just because with all that said, I like this trade a little bit more for Jerry's side. Um, just just curious because I'm just thinking about this the rest of the way out. Melvin yeah. Gordon or Michael Carter? Um, like when you say rest the doubt, you mean like the season or the career? Re- let let I'll be devil's advocate and let's say both. Um, for season, I will take Melvin. Yeah, for season, I I don't know. Because I mean, so Melvin Gordon's in PPR format, RB fifteen. Yep. Michael Carter's RB twenty, and I scrambled to try and see if I could find somebody else in the middle of like somebody that's RB seventeen or something like that, and I fucking failed miserably trying to find that. Yeah. Like it was, it was absolutely just absolutely insane. I'm gonna try one more shot here. Yeah, I mean, I think for the season, I would probably hold up. Let me just give yep. me one. I, I know I threw this out of left field. Where okay, so I found somebody in between here too. So we'll, I'll follow up with one afterwards. So for season, I'm going to give the edge to Melvin Gordon. Okay. Um, Michael Carter, I think, is an intriguing option, but I think his value has been very inflated Like prior to this week, like the two weeks before, just because of Captain Checkdown coming in. Um, yep. And, you know, Mike White just really peppering him with targets. And I don't know if that necessarily happens when the team's healthy, you know, when Zach Wilson comes back and all that stuff. Um, for the career, I mean... I, I'm not a real big Michael Carter believer. I'll say Michael Carter just because he's younger. Um, Michael Carter is, what, 22 years old? Or 22 yep. years old? And Melvin Gordon's 28. So long-term, I'll give the edge to Michael Carter. But this year, give me Melvin Gordon. Okay, next one up. Yeah. Uh, Miles Gaskin. RB18. Or, or, or Gordon. I'll take Gordon for now and the future. Okay. Just that's where I had my those are the two that I find that were within five points of each other. Yeah, I mean, Gaskin just I don't know. It's the enigma. I mean, number one, nobody knows what my I mean, this is one of those ones. My Melvin Gordon could end up on Miami next year. Right. Yeah. Mel, like Miles Gaskin. I just I don't know. He doesn't have like the he doesn't have like high draft capital. It seems like his team doesn't believe in him. And uses him like almost against like their better wishes, but they have no other options because they're Miami and they suck. Um, but yeah, he's he's all right. I mean, they're all about the same. I won't fight you if you want to go the opposite of what I just said for all three of these guys. Yeah. It, okay. Yep. I'm I'm good. I think we spent enough time on the Melvin Gordon saga <laughs> and how much Pat Fearmuth is awesome. Oh yeah. Um, all right, last trade, and Jerry finished us off strong. This one's with Stefan, and Jerry sent a 2022 fourth-round draft pick, that is Jerry's own, uh, $1 in fab, and Stefan sent Mr. Trevor Simeon. Dan, what are your thoughts? For a guy that most likely is going to start the remainder of the season, and understand this is a this is a season play just, just mm-hmm. this year, I fucking love this for Jerry. Cool. High-powered offense. Potential OBJ landing spot with it. Um, I mean, it's a one-year play. You give up a fourth-round pick, and God bless the fucking dollar and fab. I wonder who's dollar and fab that is with it. Like, how many how many trades have had a dollar and fab in them? Do you know? <laughs> Not off the top of my head, no. I fucking love that that's become a thing in this league. And oh, if yeah. you're, And I look forward to the ones where we're sending $2 in fab now. I want to see who breaks that record. Yeah. With it. Like, what's the most amount of fab we can get traded in this? Honestly, you could have traded Trevor Simeon for five dollars in fab, and it probably would have been like, all right, this is a fucking fair trade with this. I I mean, I mean, that's obviously aggressive and everything like that. Right. But for a guy that potentially is going to start the remainder of the season mm-hmm. that has somewhat favorable matchups, I'm this is this is a good one for Jerry. Yeah, I mean. It's, you know, you go back to fab and you go back to everything. Um, I So one of the things people, and I'm like included on this, if you pay attention to the waivers, like you could have got Trevor Simeon like a week ago for free and kept the fourth round draft pick. And a lot of people could have done that. I could have done that. Stefan got him and he capitalized on it. Um, I think for Jared, this is fine. I mean, even if 
Simeon just starts this week. Like, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Simeon's going to be the guy for the rest of the year. Um, I think we might see um, some shenanigans uh, before the season's it. over. Don't say it. Yeah, you, he, he's coming <laughs> I know, in. I um, but I mean, even if it's just one one game, I mean, you know, we're going to talk about the matchup of the week, but Jerry has a massive game this week, a massive game. And when you look at his team prior to getting Simeon, he only had one quarterback. And now you don't necessarily have to start a quarterback. You know, yep, uh, OP correct. spot can be any player. But, you know, in an ideal world, if the quarterback has a good matchup, you know, if you're you're feeling confident with the quarterback, he makes sense. You know, for Jerry, with Zach Wilson's out, Sam Darnold's going to be out for a few weeks. Um, Taysom Hill, you know, we you can't trust him at this point by any means. Like, there's no quarterback option. So even if this is just for one start, if you're telling me, like, that this puts you over the top, if you're Jerry, you think that, a fourth-round pick is, like, nothing to pay just for that to, to get a yep. win because you know we're going to talk about it. he's going up against sam like these might be the two teams that one of them are going to get the the third and final playoff spot in the avengers division so um so yeah so i mean that's i, I totally get where jerry's coming from with that um on the flip side i don't know like if this is not a great trade for stefan or i on the flip side i don't think this is I think this is like a good trade for Stefan because I mean, what are you really going to get for Simeon? Yep, like, could right. you have got a third round pick? I don't know. Is anyone going to really trade that? So I think getting a fourth round pick, you know, probably a middle of the first round pick or fourth round pick, I think that's fine. Um, you know, he was a guy that you got for free and you just, you basically turned, you bid $3 in fab on him. You turned that $3 in fab into a fourth round draft pick and you got a fab back. So. For Stefan, I think that's a great trade, too. I think it's a win-win, and um, yeah, good trade for both teams. Yeah, I I agree, and I want to segment into a completely off-topic situation that you and I are not prepared for. Is Let's talk about what's their future. So I'm okay. going to give you two players here, and okay. I just want you to talk about what you think their future looks like. Sure, let's hear okay. it. This is off-script. I threw this in here for actual additional content. You're welcome, guys. Welcome to the longer pod before you get to all the all-important matchups of the week. Yep. So let's talk about Jameis Winston. Signed yep. a one-year contract with the Saints. Mm-hmm. Tears his ACL. Okay. Yeah. Worst case scenario for a guy on a one-year contract. Talk to me about the future of Jameis Winston and what we might see as a potential landing spot or backup role or falling out of the league. Where do, we, where do, we, where do you see Jameis? So I'm going to answer your, or I'm going to give you some names after you give me a name. The following quarterbacks started last week. Mike White, Jordan Love, Josh Johnson came in, Colt McCoy started, Geno Smith, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor. The backup quarterback. Like, yeah, like, and these, Jameis Winston's better than all those guys. Yes, thousand percent. So like, Jameis Winston I, he he could be like a Melvin Gordon or he, I guess he, you know, he's probably at this point destined to be a guy that um, probably doesn't have the starting lineup or the starting quarterback position secured, but I think he could go and be a high priority, you know, backup for someone. Um, you know, we talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, the Denver Broncos. I mean, who knows what happens in Carolina with Sam Darnold? Yep. Like those are going to be the three marquee spots for a veteran quarterback because you think that those teams are going to want to win because the defenses that they've had in place. Aaron Rodgers is obviously going to be the crown jewel, but not everyone's going to get him. You know, a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo might be a very intriguing option after that. Um, but, you know, Jameis Winston could be kind of the duck, duck, goose, like the, or the last person in the musical chairs option. Or, you know, maybe he goes to a team with someone that drafts a rookie quarterback and they're, you know, want to bench him or something. So anyways, long story short, I think Jameis Winston still does have a future. I don't think he's someone that you want to count on to be any more than your third quarterback in your lineup, but um, he's still got upside and he still has that potential. So that's kind of where I'm at on Jameis. Okay. So the last question I'll ask you about Jameis. Yeah. Landing spot for next year, starter backup and what team, what, couple teams i mean obviously you listed a couple that are going to be desperate for a quarterback yeah where do you see his like actual landing spot being um i'm i'm gonna say let's stick with pittsburgh i i, I think pittsburgh was my answer as well i really liked especially with how he fits in mike tomlin's system yeah 
I think Pittsburgh is a, is a great role with that. And with all the weapons he has around him there too. Yes, I agree. And they have an elite defense, you know, they have the weapons, like you said. So you like right now, like, I don't think people realize how crappy this Pittsburgh offense is like, go look up at the stats. Like they're in the bottom, like three with all that talent. Like, it's not like, you know, this is the bears and like, they have like an inept amount of talent and poor coaching. Like they have so much talent and they are just doing awful. So like, it's, it's really embarrassing. And I say that as a bears fan. Yeah. I'm I'm right there with you. My Justin Fields jersey got here, by the way. Oh, it took two months to get it, but I got it. So I'm very (laughs) excited. Okay. The second player I'll, go with and then we can get on to matchups and everything like that yeah it's it's the guy that everybody's watching right now it's mm-hmm. you know comes out and says hey if somebody claims me off waivers i'm going to be a, just a, and you're not a contender i'm going to be a complete toxic asshat in yeah. the locker room talk to me about odell beckham jr so i mean when kevin moved him to zane i did not like it at all um you know just to rehash i mean i thought he still had upside. He still had a chance to be a guy. And we didn't really talk about it. But, like, at that point when this trade happened, I want to say, like, two, maybe three weeks ago, it felt like that things were brewing, like, maybe towards a divorce in Cleveland. And, obviously, we and uh, Kevin, I don't think anyone expected that he would happen this year, but maybe in the offseason. But, you know, it's happening now. Um, I think if Odell goes to you know, a right situation, I think he can definitely be relevant. Um, And when I say relevant, I think like a top 30 wide receiver, um, maybe a wide receiver three with upside. Um, But, you know, where does he go? Um, It seems like the teams that are interested are like the Saints, the Patriots, the Seahawks and the Packers. Um, I think if he goes to the Patriots or the Saints, I would be frustrated with um, the role, Um, especially the Saints. I don't know how that's necessarily better than cleveland even though there's not the talent there i think the quarterback situation is very dicey um mac jones could support him i think uh but i think the ideal and i I didn't even mention the chiefs but i think the ideal landing spot is like one of those teams the chiefs the packers or the seahawks the seahawks would be like a rich man's tampa bay team like just absolutely loaded with wide receiver talent but i think russell wilson could support three wide receivers i mean and Tampa Bay kind of similar situation with Kelsey Hill and then Odell Beckham Jr. I think Mahomes, if he gets back to normal, I think he could support a third pass catcher. Um, but I think the the dream, the goal, the best case scenario is what we said, you know, I think last week he, his name came up. It's the Green Bay Packers. Like if he goes to the Packers, I, I don't know. I think the hype for Odell is going to be high. And I think it's hard to say that it wouldn't be justified. Um, so that's the dream landing spot. And, you know, if Zane, if that does happen, I mean, Zane's just got to be like the happiest man in the world. Like assuming you like believe in Odell in any capacity, but your team gets him, your fantasy team gets a huge like uptick, you know, in a player that was basically given away. Um, that's so that's where I think, I think if he goes to, the right team and most of the teams that are interested in him are the right team. I think it'd still be a productive player. How do you I, feel I, about him? I, so I agree. I think the, as much as I, as much as the, so I think the reason the saints are part of the, like, a, like intriguing spots is because he gets to be WR number one on that team. There's no way that anybody on that team is better than he is other than a healthy Michael Thomas, but the enigma that is Michael Thomas or Antonio Brown Jr., as you can also call him, is a, is a real thing. That's and he, he can go down there and he can be the guy. He can be the guy in the wide receiver room. If he goes to Seattle, he's not the guy. If he goes to Green Bay, he's not the guy. If he goes to Kansas City, he's not the guy. So yeah. where does his ego play into part of these things? And can he understand that not being the top-tier big dog in the wide receiver room really matter? Because he's, he's that way in New England as well. And yeah, no, that's it fair. becomes intriguing to see what plays out more. Is is it the the ego or is it truly the chasing of a championship to highlight your name in football hall of fame with some of these things? And he's approaching 30. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's at that point in time where do we see the do we begin to see the downtick of production out of him? And I mean, there's a lot of people that say that he's washed up. He, mm-hmm. he he has no talent left. 
he wasted his prime years betting on a rookie quarterback in a team that did not pan out. And now it's, where do we go from here? You're right. The ideal landing spot is 100% in Green Bay. A thousand percent. And that sucks so bad to say. Because he could be the he could be the difference in them winning the championship or not winning the championship, just because of how talented Aaron Rodgers is out of the pocket. Yeah, and Mahomes is the same way, but Mahomes is at his his growing pains with it. Russell Wilson can get himself out of the pocket. You know, yeah. he's coming back off of injury. Let's see how the finger reacts. Um, there's a couple different pieces that play into it. I have a hard time saying Seattle's the best spot, just because I firmly believe that. DK Metcalf is way better than he is. And oh, Tyler, sure. even the Tyler Lockett downturn on the back half of every year is still better than OBJ. And does he become white noise in a run first Pete Carroll offense? I think those are the harsh parts that he has to consider. So I think Green Bay is your pie in the sky. And he, he yeah. came out and blatantly said it. Like this yeah. is this is where it is. I heard a rumor that they offered him league vet minimum too. Is that do you know about that? Is that a thing? I heard that I heard that as well. Um, I don't know, you know, at the end of the day, you're getting him for what? I mean, obviously all these teams five hundred some odd thousand games. dollars. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you're only getting him for like what ten games, you know, counting the playoffs with, or something. With the playoffs, like, yes. Yeah. So like when does Green Bay buy? Yeah, like I, I don't know what the um like what the going rate is going to be, what someone's going to pay. Um, I mean, it is just interesting though. Like the Saints, and you know, the man you mentioned, the Patriots. Like, as he would be the number one guy, and like for the Saints, like he would be the number one guy. But you want to guess, like the leading wide receiver on the New Orleans Saints and their stats? Is it Callaway? Or like I'm no. gonna say, it's, no, it's not. It's so it's well, it. I mean, it's close enough. But Deontay Harris. 21 receptions, 320 yards. Callaway's right behind him at 22 receptions, 309 yards. And actually, sandwiched in between them is Alvin Kamara, 32 receptions, <laughs> 310 yep. yards. Like, yep. it's they don't pass a lot. They just don't. Um, and, you know, maybe that's because they didn't trust Jameis. Maybe, I mean, who knows why that is. So, like, and as far as, like, the Seahawks go, like, I agree it's not, like, the most ideal fit. And I won't argue with you if you want to say that, Obviously, DK Metcalf's better, or if you want to say that Lockett's better. But I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. is like a third ride receiver, like in a pass first offense That's that the insane. Seahawks have become. Like, he's still going to get his targets because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, defenses want to take away DK and Lockett. So be it. Then you just have Odell, like man to man. Like, he's going to love those matchups. So um, I don't know where he's going to end up. Um, I hope it's not the Packers, but I think the yeah. Packers just make so much sense. That, you know, if this is if this is the last dance for Aaron Rodgers, for, you know, Devontae Adams, for whoever else, like, get it done. Like, just just get it done yeah. and just go for it. You've got uh, like, three point two million in cap space if you're the Green Bay Packers. And I only yeah. know this because we were super fucking slow at work today and I had nothing better to watch. Yeah. And it pains me. I mean, how much of that do you try and invest here to really, like you said, solidify the championship last dance run that you can get out of Aaron Rodgers before he ends up on the Denver Broncos because they just have that much better talent? Yeah, no, I it's, you know. Hashtag foreshadow bet on my end. (laughs) Yeah, it's a million dollar question because also, you know, with the NFL rules, you can roll over salary cap and the Packers are going to be in cap hell next year. So you got to think like long term a little bit, but. At thinking long term is why you only have one Super Bowl appearance with maybe the best quarterback of the generation. Now's the time to go all in. Yep, I agree. Beckham. First time since '95, baby. Yeah, let's go. Sure. Mm-hmm. You got to do it. All right. Any other surprises or curveballs for me, Danny? Nope. Boy? I think I think that's all good for me. That was my impromptu segment to add an extra 15, 20 minutes on the podcast. <laughs> Let's, uh, but I think, I think it's good conversation, especially for the guys that own those people and yeah. it's good football and it's good football talk. So like, actually I mean, wait, yeah, one more, ahead. one more question for Odell. Let's where, let's see Odell does go to the Packers. If you're Zane and you're a contender, do you just let it ride or do you just try to capitalize on the hype and sell them right away? That's a really good question. And so, and let's say if you do capitalize and sell high that, I mean, I'm pulling this out of my ass. Let's say it's a second plus. 
in terms of that's what you get. You get a second round pick and a plus. Maybe that's a player. Maybe that's a third. I don't know. But that's that's what the going rate becomes. What do you do? Sell the shit out of them. Okay. I, I'm, I'm hard-pressed. And I own Odell Beckham Jr. a couple leagues. And I'm, yeah. I'm praying that he ends up in a spot where I can get rid of him to contenders and everything like that. I'm... I'm selling the shit out of him. He he turns 30 this year. It, he's been hit and miss. I mean, his personality in the locker room is, like he said, he came out and said he could be a fucking cancer in the locker room. I don't know if I want any part of what this is. But with yeah. it being said right now, are you starting Braylon Edwards or Odell Beckham Jr., depending on the landing spot? Or, I'm sorry, Brian Edwards. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr., for sure. Yeah, correct. I mean, you're right there. It's It's... I mean, this is a great piece for him to have on his team. And if he's going to contend this year mm-hmm. and he ends up in a Green Bay situation, oh, man, this might be a championship piece that you might be able to take a run with. I That's a tough spot for Zane to sit in. Yeah, for sure. But it's, you know, that's what... It's something to think Dynasty about, though. so fun. Yeah, oh, so sure. much. So much so. Also, I hate the fact that he's not starting Aaron Rodgers this week. But I don't think that's just because he doesn't have it up there. And I'm looking at this and he's starting Baker Mayfield against New England. Please change that shit. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Maybe he's doing that just to poke Nick or something since he's going up against him. <laughs> just, just beat him with the shittiest line that he has. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, right, it's got a hold... thunder going down. Let's jump into these matchups. And we made it through our, you know, out of conference games. We're back in interdivision games and. You know, now this is the home stretch. We've got five more weeks until the playoffs. Um, and, you know, the Justice League division, things are pretty much decided. Yep. Although, I mean, your team could have been feisty. It's scrappy. I think the big piece was if I beat Jerry last week yeah. and and Adam loses mm-hmm. and we're we're eight, we're eight, eight, a, or yeah, no, it'd be yeah, eight, eight, eight a piece. Yes, eight at a piece. And that's where shit gets real interesting for him. Him winning and me dropping two points kind of tempers that. Mm-hmm. But there's not much in that role in the Avengers division. No. So, but yeah, the Avengers division, I mean, five teams going for three spots. You know, myself and Zane are 14 and four. Got to be feeling pretty good. But Armand's three games back. Sam and Jarrah four games back. Um Everyone will play each other once. Nick is the only gimme win for all four teams. Yep. So you're really just looking at four weeks to make up those gains. Um, so, and teams are and starting to get healthy. Buys. And we, we still, still have buys. We still have buys. We have players returning. I mean, Russell Wilson's coming back. Saquon Barkley's coming back. Christian McCaffrey's back. Um, you know, David Montgomery's coming back. Um, I don't know about chair. I mean, Zach Wilson should be back at some point. Like everyone's getting a little bit healthier, a little bit stronger. And of course the trade deadlines are on the corner. So you're going to see more moves coming. I mean, it is, it's what an exciting is the trade time. Deadline? Let's just cover that really quick. What week is the trade deadline? Um, I believe it's, what is it? The last, the second to last week. So it would be week 12. No, it'll be week 13 this year. Cause there's, Oh, that's right. Weeks. Yeah. Cause we had 14 weeks. Yes. So that's the, right. the, the conclusion of week 13, I think, is... Or maybe, did we say the Wednesday? I think before? it's the Wednesday before, yes. Yeah, so I, I think we did, like, a manual thing. So it'll be, like, the Wednesday starting week 14. So, right, like, I think we did it when waivers run. So, yep. Um. So yeah. So that's that's around the corner, too. So And, I mean, by that time, it's only two weeks left. Yeah. So, and so by that time, depending on the matchups and who you play, you should know if you're playing or not. Right. And I mean, just for fun, when we look at week 14, like teams that could maybe be pushing to make some moves. Um, let's see. Well, I mean, you have Jerry taking on Armand the final game of the season and Sam taking on Zane. Like those are Juicy. there's going to there's going to be playoffs, you know, matchups at stake. I get lucky. I draw Nick that week. Um, so that's fortuitous that I end on that note. But uh, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's talk oh, about the matchup sucks. this Fuck week. Kevin gets me that week. Fucking layup. And the Patriots aren't by, so I can't even start Mac Jones against him. Fuck you, Kevin. All right. I feel better now. Let's do this. Glad to hear it. All right. We're going to go through the easy ones. And unfortunately, we have four of them for this week. So let's talk about Stefan taking on Chris. Dan, what has to happen for Chris to pull up the upset of the year? 
sorry, I picked the wrong week. Give me one second. Um, what? So he's the only person who scored 57 points. Mm-hmm. So having a relevant running back would be super impressive. Starting both guys behind Najee Harris is very ballsy. Um, basically what needs to happen is Hollywood Brown needs to go for 450 yards and five scores to have a shot. Cause you don't have Jamar chase. Mm-hmm. You don't, you, you don't have, there's fucking nobody on. It's not possible. It's sorry. Don't, it's not fucking possible. Just so wait, chalk you can, up. okay. You can start if you're, if you're Stefan, either one quarterback <laughs> between Brady, Wentz and cousins, one running back between Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, and one wide receiver between Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup. So three guys. Okay. Can so, he, can those three guys beat Chris's team? Okay. So I start Cup. I start Harris. What my what were my quarterback options? Brady. Cousins or Wentz. Wentz has Jacksonville. Cousins has the Chargers, and Brady has the football team. Wentz, Harris, and Cup for the win. You? I think I think I would go Brady, Cup, and Harris. Okay. And yeah, I, mean, I think he would win. <laughs> that's a fucking. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. That's. I mean, Jamar. I think the whole fact that Jamar Chase is on a buy sucks. Yep, it's not ideal. Um, so we're both going with Stefan. Yeah, God, yes, with that. I'm not starting fucking Philip Dorsett. And to make note, last week we both went four and two. We both split our, um, you know, different matchups. Uh, Chris did not get his first win of the week, but Adam did beat me. And Kevin, shout out to you for failing last week. <laughs> fucking ass hat. Speaking of Kevin, he's going on this week against Mr. Steve. Um, is Kevin going to win by 100 points this week? I don't know if it's 100. Mm-hmm. But my, uh, give me 55, uh-huh. I think, is where I sit a little pretty with it. And that's only because I think as good as the Philadelphia pass defense is, the fact that Jerry Judy's back – you know, Teddy Two Gloves has all of his weapons. I'm gonna I'm gonna go that way, but I don't like the fact that we're starting Jamichael Hasty with Elijah Moore as a really encouraging piece, especially with Kendrick Osborne being in your starting five. But you get PJ Walker, small dogs yeah. mm-hmm. with it. Um, but the bench on that side is rather lacking uh, with it. I mean, did you start Will Disley? Fuck it, let's start Will Disley. <laughs> we, can't, we can't get any worse. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, fifty five is my over under, and that's I think very very conservative. It could be close would, to seventy five eighty. I would agree with that. I, question for you though: When we look at Steve's team, two two parter. Okay. One, should Dan Arnold be on Steve's team past the trade deadline? And two, should people want Dan Arnold on their team? He should not be on the team, and yes, he should be gone. And it's solely because he has that relationship with Trevor Lawrence. I don't know why, but it's there, and it's a guy that's catching the ball. And I'll take the the the, the trend as we're seeing here as 13 points in week five, five points in week six. He buyed 18 points in week eight, though. He got 12 points against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And now we see a vulnerable Indianapolis defense, a decent San Francisco offense, a real shitty Atlanta defense, a decent, I mean, the Rams are pretty fucking good with it, but important weeks here, Houston, the Jets in the first two weeks of the playoffs, you get a rough one against New England, but I mean, if you want to make the playoffs, that Houston and Jets matchup in the first two rounds is fucking juicy as shit. Should people want to trade for him? Yes. I, I okay. contenders would it, that do not have a very heavy solidified tight end role should be rolling the dice on Dan or although literally for the playoff rolls. Okay. All right. If, if you're not making the playoffs, I don't touch him. But if you're making the playoffs, he's a guy you want to look at. Say no more. All right. Let's move on to the next matchup and another, you know, a big discrepancy in scores for this one as we have Nick Ruth taking on Zane. Um, can Nick make it a little more competitive than 
um, Steve Wood in the last matchup? I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. And that's be so Boston Scott in that offense. Nobody knows what to kind of expect. Um, Bateman's there. He plays on Thursday night, which I really fucking hate, but it it is what it is. Trevor Lawrence against Indy is kind of enticing. Noah Fant against Philly is a rough matchup, but anytime you have you're starting Justin Herbert, I really like that matchup. He gets Minnesota. I'm okay with it. I hate the fact that you're starting fucking Jeffrey Wilson, <laughs> but it, is is Ceh going to be back this week? Um, I don't believe so. At least I, last I heard, but I don't know if I, that'll change. I, f- I feel like he's back. So I just pulled him up. The Chiefs designated CEH need to return from IR. That was nine hours ago. So that means they have three weeks to fully activate him. So yep. So not I necessarily mean, a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. You're right. Mm-hmm. But if he's but if he's back, I this is a lot closer than I think what people give credit for. But Jonathan Taylor's got a great matchup. Is Hopkins going to play? What What do we see out of Tyler Lockett? What Baker Mayfield do we see show up against New England? I think this matchup could be – so the, the spread right now is 48 points, if my math mm-hmm. is correct. I think it's inside 48 points. Give me yeah, the in-between. I mean, so my only question for you is, why is Zane starting Brian Edwards over Devontae Freeman? Or, I mean, hell, even Carlos Hyde, maybe? It's because know. he didn't listen to this podcast. Okay, and, and I, I like it. Listening to this podcast, that's a mistake that he can change and be a better manager because you and I are giving good fucking fantasy advice. Are we? I mean, I'm going to fucking say it. I'm, I think there's times where we just completely mentally fuck with people and I fucking absolutely <laughs> love it. Like, I think like you and I have mental warfare 101 locked down with all these people. And it's the, it's the greatest thing in the entire world. If people change their lineups literally because of this podcast, you're a fucking idiot one for listening at that point in time. Just fucking hang it up. We can lose the viewer. Like going from six to five isn't that big of a fucking deal for me. But I, <laughs> I, I'm all about the mental warfare here. I like I like the the Kevin hype train for me. It's just been fucking absolutely amazing to watch Kevin shit his pants a couple times. And that to me being one of them. Yeah. I yeah, I'm all in. I I think the huh. yeah, I having Edwards in your lineup, and I don't know if he's looked at it. And we're gonna go with this, but yeah, man, no, figure your life out. All right, um, I'm assuming we're both going with Zane. Yep, you got all it. All right, we've got Rock Chalk Jaywalks Jayhawks oh, right now. Oh, that's all it is. All right, uh, let's go to the next uh, last gimme of the week. Dan, it's your matchup. You're taking <laughs> yeah, it on. Really is taking on Adam. Um. On a scale of one to ten, how concerned are you about Patrick Mahomes? Uh, man, it's it's not been great here. So the worst part is we're we're doing this, and he's QB six. Yeah, and we're we're concerned about his play. Mm-hmm. He, he laid one egg against Tennessee. One egg. He's been it's the last three weeks have been the worst three weeks of his of his playing career right now. With it. I'm not concerned fucking at all. Like he has so many weapons. If he gets OBJ, it's even better because he's better than a Byron Pringle and everything like that. Like I'm not concerned about Mahomes at all. And when we talk about matchups coming up with it, he buys in 12. So that's a concerning week. Playoff wise, 14 against Vegas. I'm, I'm sorry. We start in 15, 15 against the chargers. Tough mm-hmm. matchup. 16 against Pittsburgh. Not your ideal matchup. Week 17 against Cincinnati. You got to love that. And that's, I'm not concerned about Mahomes in general. That I mean, that's my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, I'm not concerned either. But last five weeks, averaging just barely over 13 points yeah. a game. Um, I mean, you know, Eckler's he obviously. RB3. Come again? Eckler's RB3. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there. That's huge in the PPR standpoint. That helps make up some ground on a guy that's QB six. Well, yeah, I mean, and I'm not. I'm just saying, you know, the first three weeks of the season, or excuse me, first four weeks of the season, he averages 28 points a game. The last five, he's been averaging 13. Um, again, not concerned at all. Just everyone kind of goes through a rough stretch in their career, mm-hmm. you know, especially younger players. Um, Mahomes, it's just odd because he's 
Mahomes. You don't expect to see this. I'm starting Brandon Bolden this week. Like, and that's been my, and Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst isn't even TE1 on that fucking team because I have little to no depth pieces. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have Philip Lindsay's on a bye. You know, Goodwin's on a bye. No, I'm fucking, the only guy that I have on fucking bye this week is Boyd and fucking everybody else is injured. If, I swear to God, if fucking Adam lays an egg against me this week, I'll I'll actually take the third spot in this league. <laughs> that that I promise that I'll sell fucking everything. To, if he to, still had Patterson, I know that's the worst part week. about it. Here, he he's RB seven on the league. I yeah. fucking like going back and looking at this shit. Like I'm pissed a little bit, but not like I get it. But yeah, it's all right. Anyways, moving yeah, on. Yeah, let's. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole. All right, that. we're both we're both taking Adam this week, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if anyone pulls off an upset for these first four matchups, do we both agree it's you? Yes, hundred thousand percent. Yes, everybody else yeah. is dead in the water. Agreed. All right, let's move on to the two matchups that really have some stakes here. Um, and the first one's going to be my matchup. I'm taking on Armand. Uh, this is two versus three in the Avengers division. And I mean, Dan, I'll let you kind of start with just looking at this, um, the matchup and how you're feeling about it. Kyler Murray is my didn't participate in Wednesday's matchup or Wednesday's mm-hmm. walkthrough. So that's slightly concerning with it. But I mean, there's a couple other pieces that I, I, I think we talked about this because we hung out on Sunday was the Darren Waller enigma. That is there. Damian Harris has been out of this world. You get Russell Wilson back. On the flip side, you know, Dak Prescott has coming off laying a fucking egg. I, I mean, he didn't lay an egg, but the team did. He had 18 right. points, and they didn't fucking score a touchdown with it. Zach Moss, uh, which is one you see? Yeah, is it, I, who knows? That's going to be the big question. Yeah. Scary Terry has a, an amazing matchup against the Tampa Bay backfield mm-hmm. with it. And I... Is two going to play on Thursday night? Yeah, that's, a, that's the, a huge question. That That is a massive question mark. So as much as I want to give credit to Armand, there's a lot of pieces on that side where we don't know where to go. And Daniel, this is the worst week that Daniel Jones could be on a bye for Armand. Yeah, Saquon sure. Barkley being out is, is never fun. <sighs> DJ Dallas isn't great. You've got Calvin Ridley who's not playing. <sighs> Man. I don't think there's enough hype, even with David Njoku, who's been super consistent outside of the 31 point game. Um, I don't see it. I, sorry, man. I, Armand, it's, you ate a pepper. You don't have to do it again this year. It ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. And um, for my team, I need to get James Conner in the lineup. So I need to make an update at some point. But yeah, it's Armand, unfortunately, with some buy issues, some, potential health issues. I think he's kind of in an uphill battle right now. So I'll give the edge to my team to pull it out this week. Yep. I agree. All right. Matchup of the week of the week. And this is a doozy. Um, It's a great matchup. Sam's taking on Jair's team. Um, When you look at the standings right now, both teams are 10 and eight. Um, Both teams right now are out of the playoffs, but I think we both, agree that one of these teams is going to be the the final playoff spot uh, for the Avengers division. And, you know, whoever that team is, it might be because of this matchup when you look at it. So I want to first start looking at Sam's quarterback position. Yep. J- Joe Burrow. Bye. Bye. Justin Fields. Say it. Bye. Bye. You know, he's starting at quarterback. Mr. Mike White. Mike fucking White mm-hmm. with this. Now, with that being said, running back situation, McCaffrey and Kamara is pretty wildly impressive. Well, one, I mean, is, is, is Kamara going to play yeah, this Yeah, I'll say practice I, at all. It's... Nope. He's, he's, I'm more optimistic that he gets A.J. Brown than he does Alvin Kamara. Yep. So that leads me to the pivot. Is the pivot A.J. Dillon? Because that's really the only option that he has. Because he can, there's no way he can stack McCaffrey with Chubba Hubbard. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the there is the the one pivot that's interesting, and I think it depends on the health of the other guys. 
Christian Kirk, he's been a yep. sneaky solid option for Arizona. If DeAndre Hopkins isn't a go, if AJ Green's mm-hmm. still banged up, could be a sneaky option. I mean, if not them, you have the two rooks at wide receiver. I mean, both coming off big games and Devontae Smith and Elijah Moore, but both have awful matchups. Uh, Devontae going up against Denver, that is a rough one. And Elijah Moore going up against Buffalo as well. Um, I mean, maybe you swing for the fences and go with Elijah and just pray that that jet stack pays off. Um, that would be the the only pivot, maybe. Um, but I I agree. It's, I think, it's a rough week for Sam with uh, just buys and you know health and how things are shaking out for him. You're 100 percent correct, and I think that's the big piece that makes this matchup so intriguing because Jerry, outside of Darnell Mooney, doesn't have a whole lot of buy issues. So Jerry has a full arsenal of options yeah. that he can go into, and I think it starts with. He's got Kyle Pitts. He's got Pet Fairmouth. Um, Hunter Renfro's got a questionable tag as we go into there. And I I really love Hunter Renfro and everything he's put together this year. It he, I think he's he's only had one week under ten points, mm-hmm. and he's been as high as eighteen points. That's he's been very consistent. You know, a nice, just solid, like last person in your starting lineup, like a bent, first player off the bench. Um, I agree. This matchup, in my mind, literally hinges on the Trevor Simeon play. This Zach Wilson's not going to play. It's it's nope. not happening. It's not going anywhere. Darnold's going to be on IR right now. Yep. With it, this is a Trevor Simeon play to me. And what you see out of Trevor Simeon this week will literally dictate this matchup in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, I think the one interesting thing, and we talked about this earlier, is, you know, we've said you don't need to start two quarterbacks. Correct. You know, you don't need to go that option. And I think if Jared doesn't want to go that option, the only kind of just option that I think sits on his bench that he has to consider, I mean, it's got to be James Robinson, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he sat out last week, but it seems like he's going to be good to go this week. Um, Do you get James Robinson in lineup somehow? You know, do you get him in for Trevor Simeon? I don't know. Um, that's that's a tough call. Um, but I think that's maybe the only, you know, second guess option if there is one. Um, when you look at his starting lineup and who he has on the bench, you know, do you get James Robinson in there? Because James Robinson, he's he's been solid all year. Um, especially, I mean, he started the year off a little slow, but he really heated up. And unfortunately against Seattle, he left the game early with an injury. Otherwise, he was probably on pace for, you know, his fifth consecutive, like over 18 point game so um james robinson i think is the only the only tough call for jerry's lineup otherwise you're right it's pretty cut and dry for him yeah so i'm just really quickly trying to hit the tennessee rush defense yeah with it um eighth ranked rush defense right now as it sits and that's i think that's the no, I, I definitely did that wrong as I panicked and tried to figure my life out because he's playing Indianapolis. Yeah, the, the Colts are, they have a tough rush defense. It's definitely not a uh, walk 13, actually. So they're actually okay. worse than, okay, that's, yep. Uh, last three games, 97.3 yards average. They gave up 88 in the last one. Huh. Um, here, where is, is the game at home? Yep, the game's at home for Indianapolis. They give up more rushing yards at home than they do on the road. Yeah. With it last year, they gave up 90.8 yards a rush, which I believe is the best in the entire league. It is, or no, Tampa Bay was better than they are. They were second. Okay. So just an interesting statistic. It is for sure. We have it's... Real quick Google's alert. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, I think this is going to be a fun matchup to watch. I think you're truly correct. This is the matchup that we want to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, again, it's five weeks to go. And five weeks from now, we might be looking back at a one-game split, which, or, you know, someone being one game ahead, and it could be because of this matchup. Um, so, moment of truth time. Who are you taking to win this one? I got mine written down. I'm not changing it. Uh, Sam versus Chair. This comes down to Monday night. Okay. What is Woods, the Monday night game? Woods and Henderson against San Francisco. Okay. This is this to me is the make or break piece to this one. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna take 
I'm going to take the underdog. I'm going to say Jerry wins this one. All right, we're splitting this week. There will oh, be. shit. I'm going with Sam. I think, you know, he hasn't had McCaffrey much this year. I, I think we're going to see a McCaffrey week. You know, something that we're used to, like pushing 30 points. The, I don't feel good about Mike White at all. I mean, how could you? Mm-hmm. But everyone else in the lineup for Sam, even being down just with one quarterback, I feel good about. So I'm going to give the edge to Sam, but I think it's I, I'm i with you. I think it will come down to Monday night. And okay. I think Jerry will, you know, be down and it will be in within range. And, you know, Sam's going to be the biggest Niner fan Monday. Yep, 6.7 points is the spread right now, which truly makes a difference. It's just under that, but math is easier at 6.7. Yep. Do you think it's inside or outside of 6.7 points when it's all said and done? <sighs> I mean, that's a very small number, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I'll probably take the over on that number just because I think, well, if I take the over, I guess I'm taking Sam to win. Yep, you are at that point. Yeah. Yep. I... To... I, it's tough. It's a real tough matchup and everything like that. And I guess her. I'd take the under. I think it'll be close. Under six points, sure. Let's do it. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a banger. It, yeah, I it agree. Really, really, truly is gonna be a banger. All right. Anything else, Sam, before we wrap it up? I'm good, sir. We just need our music. Yeah, which which <laughs> So I, so I shared it with Nick before we before we started. I got in my car Thursday morning to go somewhere, and I turned my truck on, and this song came on. I legit have no recollection of actually making sure that I put this song on as we finished the podcast, just to tell you how far fucking gone I was by that. I will, I'll remember everything tomorrow, but last week was purely just prime time, Dan. There's nothing else that needs to be said. Until next week, guys.